sorry. Um, and um, what, what it gave us a glimpse of was pretty cool, actually. Um, and I'm a bit jealous that we're, we're not, not that we're not in our house because Lorraine was like chewing your macaroonies, all that clean up. Uh, but <coughs> what it did do was show us a little glimpse of, of, of just the way things could be in a community when we just when we get together and we, 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 we literally feast on the word together and, and, and talk and encourage one another and stuff like that. So it's quite interesting. This morning I want to try and in some way cultivate that same space. It's going to be difficult because we're in a... What, what happens is you come in and you're expecting. You expect me, give me word and I'll go. But that's not how Jesus wants things to go along. Jesus wants us to sit at his feet. And sometimes I'm like, I, I, how can I bring the word? How can I do this, Lord? How can I try and... I'm just flesh and blood and try and bring your word that is amazing. It's so beautiful. So I do think and I do believe that Jesus wants us to be changed anytime we hear the word. Like literally changed. You should be going out that door today changed. Um, and that's difficult, right? Because there's contention. You've seen it this morning, right? With the songs. Contention. Something's not perfect, steals your attention. Here we are singing on to the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the King of the Universe. He wants to meet us here. He wants to infill you. He wants to be with you. He wants you to know that he loves you. And you see how, how it's contended for? So I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to, just what I'm asking you to do, this message is so important. Not because of me, because of God's word and what the promises are in God's word. This is so important this morning. You, 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 need to, you need to hear this. You really need to hear this. And not, it's not more important than anyone else's sermon. It's, not, it's just ch- tune in. Tune in. Because this is so important. So don't, please, I have a mindset when I come to church. Great, there's a football match on later on. Let's hopefully, <coughs> thankfully I'm not like that all the time, right? But if Liverpool are playing, I'm like, okay, you go through the Sunday motion. Right? I was saying to Patrice earlier on, I would have loved this morning to take you all away to a place that we're sitting around somewhere else and we're not in a church building, right? Because we are the church, right? There's this there's this there's just this agenda when you come into a building like this. I deliver something, you walk away and happy days. Great, great sermon, Bernd. I don't want that. I want you touched and changed by the living God this morning. And that's what happens when we read the Word. We should be, the Word should go to your marrow, go deep. And I'm going to talk about something this morning. God's love. And you're probably going to go, Jesus, I've heard loads of sermons about that. What's going to be different? Well, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to make it different. It's not going to be me. So let's pray. Father, we need you. And... um, Father, we confess that there is more to your love that we know. I ask us all right now to lay down what you think you know. I ask you right now to, if you're a believer right now, I want you to say these things in your heart and say, I crucify my flesh. The old man is dead. He has been crucified with Jesus. My spirit is alive and it's alive and focused on you this morning, Jesus. I give you my focus. I crucify all the agendas, all the worries of my life. I am here for you, Jesus, to hear your living words, what you have to say for me. Amen. 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 So, um, there's a a beautiful little verse in in Matthew that has really struck me, um, and it's gorgeous. It's at the end of, I think, chapter 24, I think. But it says, Jesus um, after giving the parable, he also says this. He says, um, "Oh, and the teachers of the law, the teachers, you should be, you should be delivering little gems, new and old." And that's my prayer in my heart this morning. That whatever I've heard from the Lord, that it's a little gem, and I, I then hopefully share this with you this morning. I hope that there are little treasures in what I'm going to speak this morning. Not because of me, it's because of what God, I believe, has given me. So let's do a little bit of a check-in. How are you doing? How are you doing with your relationship with God right now? How's your faith? 
How's your heart? How's your level of doubt in what God has for you? And this is this, these are serious questions. If you're like me, there's some mornings I wake up, right? And I go, I look at the world, I look at a video on YouTube or do something and I go, is this true, Lord? Look at the world we live in. This is a mental place. And my heart prayer is, Jesus, I beg of you, be true. Please be true. Guys, I'm just going to tell you, there is an assault in this world on your life and your relationship with God. There is an absolute assault. The hour we are in right now on this earth, there is an assault for your relationship with God and your standing with God. Now, you might go, yeah, that's good to know. Thanks, Bernard. And it may not hit home. If you don't believe me, go to Scripture. John writes about, we're in the final hour here. That was 2,000 years ago. Where do you think we are on the clock right now? Guys, the stuff that's happening on this earth, I, I, I prayed a few weeks ago because I said, I said to Jesus, I said, um, there's something in me right now that I've detached from the reality that's happening in the world because what's happening is I, I'm, I'm reading your word but I'm not getting agitated for what the condition the world is in. There's apathy in me. So I sat with the Lord for a couple of days with this question and, and I was like, can you show me how, how, how bad is it out there? What's going on? You know, what, like, not for fear, not for worry because we're not to worry. And honestly, this is what hit my spirit. It's worse than you think. And I was like, oh, okay. And what, in, that, in, that, in that statement that hit my spirit, it was, yeah, if you knew what's really going on, I'm gonna, if you want revelation, I'll give it to you. If you want to really know what's going on, it's going to change your heart and you're going to probably weep for the world. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Just take that. Take the religious veneer away from it. Jesus wept, right? Oh, poor Jesus, he wept. No, he bro- it, it broke his heart. Folks, if you knew what's going on in this world, if you really engaged with Jesus and the scripture and the Holy Spirit and said, okay, ignite my heart for what's really going on here, I'm telling you now, you'd be on your knees every night. And I'm, I, I'm wondering if that's not what we should be doing. I'm wondering, have we gone through this kind of apathy that the church has been become clawless? There is an assault on you and knowing the depths of God's love for you, the God, God's peace, wisdom and plans and his, his relationship with him. There's an assault on that. As I said, there's a level of naivety that sits in my heart sometimes that I'm like, oh man, I'm naive to this. I, I don't really know what's going on. And I need Jesus to go, this is the reality that's going on. This is where you need to protect your heart. This is where you need to engage with me. You need a deeper knowing of me. Now, this is what I want in that gap, right? This is what I want. I want the Lord to give me full of revelation, full of just wisdom and all of that stuff. And this is the answer I got during the week. Lord, what do I need more of? Because there's things in my life that I need to fix, right? I need, I need more wisdom. I need to know what's going on in the world. I need, to, I need to know the next step of my life. And this is what I felt. And this is, I won't share exactly what I heard because it's pretty, pretty personal, but you need more of my love. You need more of my love. And, and even at that, if I was sitting there, I'd be sitting there going... Yeah, okay. What's that mean? This is, I'm going to give you a little test. If I turned around and I said to you, and we were, in a, we were in a cafe or something, and I just said to you like this, God loves you. God loves you. Where would that land on you? Because that is the most profound statement ever. Ever. The creator of the universe loves you. But yet, in Christianity, us as Christians, this is the one big area we, we contend with. How much are you loved by God? 
I have seen it. I've had so many chats in this week alone with Christians that I've said to them, Do you know God loves you? And the answer is baffling. Kinda. It ranged from, No, I don't know if God loves me. These are Christians, folks. These are believers in Christ. Right? I don't know. Kinda. To sometimes. That is not what is it about. Like, that is not where we're meant to be with our standing with God. And let me tell you where it comes from. It comes from the curse from the garden. It comes from there. Adam and Eve broke the whole shebang with God, broke the covenant, and then the enemy told full of lies, and a lie set in, in their rebellion. God doesn't love you. Jesus dealt with the old man. You have, you're a tri, triune being. Your flesh, your soul and your spirit. When you became a believer in Christ, you became seated in heavenly places. That's done. You're up there. Your spirit is there. That's why you can commune with God. Right? But there's a flesh. There's a man in you. That struggles. That has been crucified, but likes to try and come alive and resurrect himself. Every now and again. And one of the most biggest lies that he whispers. And the enemy stirs it up. God doesn't love you. He doesn't do it that, that blatant. He goes, do you think so? Look at the sin that you've done in your life. Look at your heart now. Does God love you? Folks, I, this is why I would love it to be a retreat. That we have a something to do afterwards that we had a different space than this that we got to pray over each one of you and go you need to have a shift in your realisation of how much God loves you because listen to what it says in in Ephesians 3.14 this is Paul speaking to the church when I think of all of this I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and earth And I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts and you trust in him. Your roots will go down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. So I'm telling you right now, whatever level you feel that you know God's love for you, there is an ocean, a universe more. If we deny that, we deny the very sacrifice and the very size of the sacrifice that Jesus made. If we deny that God's love is unfathomable, that he doesn't love you, it's the old man coming up going, and the enemy helping them on going, nah, that's not true. You diminish the cross. You, you diminish the cross. We diminish the love of Jesus. Because if that's not true, Jesus didn't have to go through what he went through. Because what did he go through it for? For the joy set before him? See, this is the stuff that the religious veneer, religiosity brings to Scripture. They take away all of these beautiful sayings, all of these beautiful words, where even understanding the depth of God's love for us is hard to believe. I guarantee if I had a chat with every single one of you, all of you are on a spectrum of sometimes, no. If you're not amazing, hallelujah, share it with your brothers and sisters. If you know there's more for you, But that's the journey of my Christian walk over the last umpteen years. God has showed me more of his love. And the beautiful thing about this is, during the week I was saying, Lord, I need to fix a few things in my life. My heart isn't right in a few places. I need to, there's some sin still hanging around. My thought processes aren't where you're meant, uh, are meant to be. And I wanted a rebuke from God, right? The old man sneakily, False humility, all of that nonsense, wanted a rebuke. Good old Catholicism kicking back in for me. Good bit of penance. Good slap across the chops and sort you out. 
And this is what God said to me. I love you. Bowled over. I was waiting for a rebuke. I was waiting for a get your shit together. That's what I was waiting for. Get your shit together. Yeah, I will. I'll just get me. But this is what he says. In a time like this, folks, what God is teaching us is that the world needs his love and his gentleness and his kindness and his mercy. You look at the Asbury Revival. The Asbury Revival. It wasn't God coming down going, Repent! I'm going to beat... Now, there is a time for that. There is. Cause I, but he came in his gentleness to a generation that needs his love to understand the love and gentleness of the Father. That's how he came in that revival. He came and said, I'm gentle, I'm soft. Come to me, all who are heavy laden. I will give you that rest. Folks, I'm, I, I, I'm, I, this is why it's just, I'm, I'm really at a juxtaposition. I would love to stop this chat and just go, okay, who's not feeling God's love? Can we please pray over you this morning and help you realise, get a revelation and, and that into your heart, that seed into your heart that God loves you because whatever else you're striving for is not going to have an answer for you. If, you want, if you're still struggling with sin, I'm telling you the answer is God loves you. And, and that sounds, well, how, how is that? Because he dealt with it with a son. This is what scripture says in, in, in the Psalms about God's love. Psalm 32, it says this. Uh, Many sorrows come to the wicked, but, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. That's Psalm 32, verse 10. Folks, if there's a bit of false humility in us that says, and there is, and it's always been in, in, in me, and I've had to crucify it a lot, where I've said, I'm not worthy of God's love. And it's a bit of, bit of religiousness going, you think that's a right stance before the Father? You think, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. It's false humility, it's religion, it needs to be dead. The Father, Jesus, the reason why Jesus gave us the parables is because the religious crack that would follow couldn't take the message away. Look at the prodigal son. It can't be any plainer. Turn from sin, far away, the father runs. He doesn't sit in the porch going, yeah, keep walking, sunshine. Keep walking. But yet, we still believe that that's the way the father acts. We were praying for a guy during the week. Again, a Christian. And we, we said... I said, there's, so, there's something not sitting right. I think, I, I think, and, and I, was, I felt Jesus leading us, keep going after this, keep going after it, keep going after it. And I said, you're comparing God to your father. I didn't know the guy had a relationship. I didn't. That was the card. Bah, boom. That, that was the card. That was the card that, make, that made the castle fall down. And he was. And we all tend to do that at times. We have this comparison with our Father, with our Heavenly Father. That needs to be removed. That needs to go. How are we doing, buddy? You good? I'm going to pray for that later. Um, okay, so... Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, we definitely have to pray for that later. Okay. Um, so your fa- the father, and, and yesterday when we were talking about this, and uh, talking to this guy, he was like, yeah, there, there's something about my father that was full of neglect, and I just don't trust God. And even saying that set him free. And saying that we're like, okay, Let's talk a bit of truth about your Father in Heaven. Let's talk truth. And it's so difficult to hear. I'm, I can see on your faces, you're like, 
Yeah, I don't know about this now, Bernard. Uh, going, going to places that are uncomfortable. But just please go with me. Imagine. Imagine. Just to let yourself, your soul and your spirit think that you knew the love of God for you. Because I'm telling you, that will set you free big time. I have totally changed in my relationship with my Father in Heaven. Totally changed. Anytime I sin and I fail, I just go to Him. I go, Dad, oh man, I messed up. And healing and transformation doesn't come from condemnation. It comes from love. Transformation comes from the love of God. He's not going to beat the living daylights out of you. He's not. He just goes, yeah, I have something better for you. My vision for you is better. This is why he wants to get rid of sin from our life. He's transforming us into the likeness of Jesus. And that's a process. There's a lo- I'm not like Jesus yet. <laughs> There's a lot of places in my heart that need to be more like Jesus. Trust me on that. But now, as a new creation in Christ, I have the ability to go to my Father with those things. Right? The enemy loves to keep things in the darkness. Loves it. You're struggling with something? I'm not telling anyone. I'm not even going to God with it. Pretending that he doesn't even know about it. He knows about it, trust me. All, your, all the darkest things in our lives, folks, and I'm looking at everybody, everybody, the darkest things in your... You needed Jesus on that cross, by the way. For all your sins, we needed Jesus on that cross. So there were small, big, whatever. Every sin, folks needed Jesus on that cross to sort it out. So God knows your sin. He knows what you're struggling with. He just says to you, come to me and we sort this out. But the enemy says, don't go. Don't go. He'll rebuke you. He'll have something different for you. What he has for you is not what I have for you. It's not what the world has for you. Their lives other lives what God has for you is more than this world can offer far more what this world can offer and this is why I wanted to talk about the world because we as Christians are, are being assaulted in the spiritual realm the spiritual realm I'm telling you now is at mega mega traction at the moment like, you're, like there is mad stuff happening on this world look at the speed of stuff that's happening on this world. The decreation of gender is happening right in front of our eyes. Decreation. How long do you think God's going to stick around for that? Folks, I'm telling you, we are at a serious time in this earth. I am delighted because that means I think Jesus is coming home soon and we're going to be home with him. Hallelujah. Now, that may or may not happen 50 years, 100 years, I don't know, but that fills my heart with joy that either I'm going to see him when I go, myself, or he's going to come back. But the issue is, not engaging with that brings apathy. Yeah, and you you just go through the flow, you go through the motions. I think God is trying to wake up his church a little bit more. Actually, I think he's trying to wake them up a lot. And go, you are to bring kingdom come. But if you don't know the love of the Father, what are you bringing What are you bringing? Because that's what the world out that door needs. That's what all of you need. All of you need this. All of you need to know, I'm telling you right now, God loves you. He proved it by putting his son on the cross. Not to condemn you, not to give you a religion, but to set you free. Now, you need to crucify the old man that brings up the lie, nah, that's not for you. God doesn't love you. It's, it's a communal love. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's for somebody else. Folks, I'm telling you, you need to know this because otherwise, what are you bringing to the world? What are we saying to people? Like, how easy is it to talk to somebody? God loves you. God loves you. Oh my goodness, he loves you so much and then in your own heart, you're not even believing that. That's mad. You can't, we can't do that. We need to experience God. Christianity is an experience. The only, it's the only religion, only faith that says God will live in you. You are to experience God. Everything else is, you've got to do this, 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 and hopefully you'll get there. Best of luck. 
This is why this word is so not man-made. It can't be. Not in the right mind would one person or anyone come up with an idea of grace, of salvation set out by God because God is like, this isn't your plan, sunshine. This is my plan. This is my plan. No one in a million trillion years would come up with a plan going, tell you what, all your sin, I'll take on me. And if you accept that gift, free gift, I'll set you free. All your guilt, all your shame, all your sin, all the muck, everything, everything, every monkey sin you can think of, I'll take it on me, I'll deal with it, because my justice is sovereign, the gap is big, but I love you so much, I'm going to breach the gap for you. No one in their right mind could make that up. Look at the other religions that man, a man has made. And there you go. Man has made other religions. Meditate your way to heaven. Good luck with that one. And I don't, I mean, I don't mean that in any disrespect, but seven million steps in fine nirvana. Right? Hinduism, pick a god and hope for the best. Right? Like, and that sounds like I'm slight. I don't mean to be disrespectful to them, but I'm like... If you're on a search, search and keep searching and you wait and, wait and you see what you come across in this book. Wait and you see what you come across with Jesus. Jesus said it. He said, I, I'm the way, the truth, the life. Nothing else. There's no other, no other gods but, but me. That's it. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. Boom. So I challenge you today. What is your state what is your state in terms of your love or your understanding or belief in God's love for you are you going to walk out of here and go yeah no look I don't it's something I don't want to press into and again I I, 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 I so many times when I was writing this sermon I was like I'd love to just in my own power just shake shake it if you didn't do you know what I mean but I can't it's the Holy Spirit and, and, and the thing is when you, I just read Sam the Sam there 32 there's an engagement in this in Revelation it tells I knock, uh, Jesus said I knock on the door I don't bust it open you've got to step into a place where you go okay Jesus if that fellow up the top there is telling the truth I'd like that I'd like that begin there one of the best prayers I ever prayed. One of the best prayers I ever prayed. Jesus, I'd love to love you. I don't know you, but what I've read, I'd love to love you. Oh, man. Life's changed after that one. So it's only by God's love that you can be transformed. He's not going to beat the living daylights out of you. If you want that, well, that's a different time and space and time that he's going to pour out wrath on the world. I was going to bring us to John 15. And verse 9, this is what it says. I have loved you even as the Father has loved you. Remain in my love. When you obey my commands, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. This is my command, love one another. The frightening thing about that passage, the word remain is in there. Which means you can step out of it. Not, not that it disappears. It's, we have a choice. We can stay in God's love or get out of it. 
we can believe he loves us or not and trust me believing that he doesn't love you is a ploy of the enemy it's a lie it's, it's an utter lie like Paul says it in Ephesians 3.14 look and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide how long how high how deep his love is May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to fully understand, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So all the fullness of life and all the power of God comes from understanding His love. If there's one thing you should go after, is what? Understanding the love of God. Yeah, we go after gifts, we go after prophecy, it's funny, I do it too. I go, oh, I'd love somebody to have a word for me. Give us an L word, will you? I, I'm, I'm not joking. Many times people have said, God is telling me he loves you. Oh, in my, in my oh, forgive me, Father, because <laughs> I have turned around in my heart and gone, yeah, that's great. Give me something else, isn't it? Yeah. That's shocking. That's shocking. Right? I'm like, What? Here's somebody saying that they really did feel from the Lord that God has said, I love you. I'm speaking over your life now. I love you. In Zephaniah, God says that. I speak over you with love, dancing, singing. And we read that verse and go, that's not for me. We need a brain transplant. We need a heart transplant. The great news, it's available. Ezekiel tells us that I will give you a new heart and I will write my ways on it. But you've got to open your heart. You've got to let Jesus into those places. You've got to let him go, okay, Jesus, if this is true, if you love me, I don't believe it, but come in and show me. At least start there. Start, show me the depth of your love. Show me the Father. Show me this is real. Because folks, let me tell you why I'm saying this. It's because there is a barrage in the world that is assaulting your heart in believing that God loves you. The enemy's ploy is simple. Get you to believe that God doesn't love you. Simple. And I tell you, sometimes he's done a number on me. All the pain I've gone through in my life. God didn't love you. God wasn't there. God wasn't there when it happened to you most despicable things in your life. There's people in this room with a spectrum of kind of normacy, if you can call it, to wickedness that has happened in their life and to them. And the enemy says, God wasn't there. God says, I was. I was. I'm here now. I'm available. I want to heal those places. I want to heal those places put them together and fill the cracks with my love so that your cracks can let out light into the world let me use those cracks so that I can infill you with light and through those cracks that I've healed I will fill in with my light so that you will be a reflection of the world to say I have a testimony of Jesus So again, the ultimate goal of the enemy is to stop people from experiencing the love of God. Because he knows that if you experience the love of God, you are set free. Yesterday, again, we were praying. Um, and, this is, and this is serious stuff, folks. Lies are bondages. And can even be footholds for demonic bondage. And you might go, okay, Bernard, you're going to a place. Let's go to that place. Praying for a guy yesterday. And I heard clear as day Jesus say, pray against deceased. The spirit of deceased. And I was like, okay. And there was loads of lies that this guy was believing. Tons of them. I, I, fe- I felt it. I felt it. We prayed. I said, Jesus, you need to lead me in this prayer. I'm, like, I'm, on, I'm on new ground here. <laughs> I need your help. And we went after the spirit of deceit. To 
stop him believing the lies of the enemy. And, and we felt something go. We felt something go. I could feel it in his physicality. All of a sudden this hunched got... I feel, the minute we could feel it, it was like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? This Spirit of deceit, we bind you. We send you to judgment. You have no place in this Christian anymore. Now he had to stop believing the lies as well. We had to lead him in prayer to go, I stop believing the lies that I'm not loved. I stop believing the lies that God doesn't have a plan in the future for me. If you're believing that, the enemy has a foothold. And you need to, we need to pray. We need to pray. And that can happen. In, in, like, scripture is clear. Don't give the enemy a foothold. This, this is the Christians. Don't give the enemy a foothold. And believing in stuff, making agreements, gives the enemy a foothold. I'm not loved by God. He's in. Great. All he needs is a little landing strip. And he's subtle as a brick. Because you won't even realise he'll go, Yes, you're right. Look what's happening in your life. He doesn't love you. Yeah, you're right. Look what's happening in my life. Yeah, that's shocking. God never turns up for me. And it's subtle. It's these little agreements. Little agreements. That takes you from remaining in God's love. God's love is always there. It's not conditional. It's you that stepping away from it, not believing it, going, no, don't believe it. Not believing it. It's available always to us. But you've got to, you've got to, you've got to align with it. You've got to say, okay, I'm aligning with this stuff. Because you just took the cup. You just took the cup of bread, right? I'm a celiac, so I can't take this. But I keep it with me. Right? So you just took that. Remembering that your sin was made broken on the cross. Broken away. And that's what we need to believe. Your sin is gone. Your sin now as a Christian is there to be dealt with with your father. To not give the enemy a foothold. But the father says, come on son, come on daughter, come on. We're going to work, I'm going to make you like my son. It's a process. Glory to glory. And I love that process. Sometimes it's flipping hard. (laughs) Sometimes he says, can we work on this? And I'm like, nope, I don't want to work there. I don't want to go on that. Thank you very much. I'm happy where I am. And he goes, no, no, no. We've got to work on this, son. We've got to work on your heart. I'm like, okay, Dad. I've got to work on it again. But he's so gentle. He's so good. He's so kind. What else? How do you explain the cross? It's not a religion. How do you, how do you explain it? But the joy set before him. The joy was you. You need to believe that. I was your joy, Jesus. If you don't believe it, sit with Jesus and go, Jesus, explain to me that I was your joy. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. There is a way to engage with this. You have his salvation. You have his unconditional love. You have it. You have it. But you need to engage with him the way scripture says. Be still and know that I am God. If you're caught up in a rat race and you're caught up in life, you're caught up in things, not looking through scripture. Now, scripture, that's not a tick box exercise. I say to you go to scripture to, to find truth, not lies. To swap out the lies the world has given you. To swap in the truths of God. That's why you go to scripture. Not as a tick box exercise. I read my scripture today. Thank you. Bye. Good luck. That's not what it's for. It's daily bread. Literally washing, washing of the water. You need to be in scripture. Because it's God's truth. He will activate it. The Holy Spirit will, will activate it. You need to put it in there. So it's really important that you get time aside to ask these questions with Jesus. This is why I'd love we weren't in a church setting that we'd go, okay, let's, let's actually do this. Let's have a time of prayer. Let's have a time, half an hour, no talk. Let's just seek Jesus. We put some music on. This is why I'd love we were in a retreat right now. To allow Jesus to administer where he wants you to go. I'd love that. Maybe one day we'll get there. So... <clears throat> And this may sound a little bit harsh, but 
Do you want to know more of God's love and more of God's revelation over your life? You've got to engage with him. You've got, you, you got to set time aside for this. He wants to grow you up. There's some things God hasn't revealed to me because I'm not mature enough as a Christian. And I'm okay with that. I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But don't be on the outside going, Lord, where are you? When you know there's a way to engage the Lord. You know there's a way. Right? There's a way to engage with him. So I'm going to read out Romans 8. And I hope this really hits your heart. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will, be, it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. And that's what's on the earth right now, death and decay. And we as the church are to bring kingdom come. Life, hope. But I'm asking you, go deeper with Jesus and your Father so that you can bring that hope. Because if you don't believe God loves you, how can you bring God's love? I remember talking to somebody out the back. Quick as anything, I said, God has forgiven your sins. Quick as anything, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you don't even believe that for yourself. I was so convicted. I was like, whoa, that's heavy. You're right. I don't believe Jesus' cross was big enough to cover all of my sin. And I had to repent of that. And I had to confess it and go, no, that's not good enough. So how can I... It was, what a hypocrite. Jesus loves you. He forgives all your sin. You believe that for yourself? Now, come on, you know. And that's what's available for us. <clears throat> Let me continue on. For we know that all creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present, uh, present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too, with the eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies that he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. <coughs> but if we look forward to something we don't have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Why do I read out that? It's because, guys, the time is pretty gnarly at the moment and we need as a church to bring hope, love, peace, joy to a world. The answer to this world is not more doctrine and beating the living daylights out of somebody with theology, even though that's fantastic. God is showing us, you need to bring love to the world. So offer them love. Offer them my love. But what he's convicted me is, you need to believe that too though. I love you. I sent my son to the cross for you. If you don't know that, what can you bring to the world? You're only bringing religion. Whoa. Whoa. We need to believe that. We need to be a people that bask in the love of God. Sounds countercultural when we see all the mental stuff that's going out there. I would love to go out to the world and go, you're leading a lie, you need the truth. Which they do. But God is, I feel, saying, go out and show love. Show how you've been loved. I was talking to a couple last week. Myself and myself and Noel were talking, and I don't—they they weren't Christian. We were talking the, in the um, the, uh, the, what, the big day, big day, talking away, and I could just see in your in in, in, in the girl's eyes going, "What are these guys talking about?" Because we were talking about God. <laughs> we were talking about our lives. What brought you to Bray? I was saying, "Well, God brought me to Bray." You know, this is, and Noel was like joining in, and we were just talking normal. And you could just see her going, I would love some of this drug, whatever they are on. <laughs> I would love this. And we were like, this is what we have to offer. We're, we're not special, other than 
we're God's kids now, like we believe what he had to offer. That's it. We believe in what he has to offer. Last thing I'd say is this. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? This is in Romans 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anyone ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us? If we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or even in danger or threatened with death. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. That's what's available, folks. There is a reality. And the world tries to strip away our reality into the senses that we have right now. If you don't see it, don't believe it. If I can't prove it to you, you know, they won't believe. But there is a different way that God is asking us into. There's a reality that we need to step into. Will you stand with me and pray? Will you stand with me and pray? So, I don't know what to pray. I'm going to try and be led here in some way, shape, or form. So, Jesus, I need your help. I need you to, to lead me in this because it's too important for me just to ramble off something. So, I need you, Jesus. I need you, Lord. I need you to, yeah, to guide me. Guide me, Jesus. Funny, the first thing I, I feel Jesus say is, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe he is true? Do you believe he is true? Do you believe that he did it for love? Do you believe his sacrifice was enough for you. Strange one, I, I, I feel I'm asking, when somebody says to you, God loves you, are you willing for him to change your perspective? Are you going to allow him to take you to a place that shows you God's love? the depths, the heights, the widths of God's love for you. For God sent His Son not to condemn the world, but to set them free so that no one would perish. That's God's rationale for sending His Son, that no one would perish. I don't know why he's asking me to say this, but um, folks, this is real. This is real. This is not, you come to Sunday, do the thing, do the religious thing, all of that kind of stuff. He's saying, this is real, folks. This is real. I don't know why he keeps on saying this to me, but we need maybe, Jesus, we need a deeper revelation of that, of that reality that we've been living in a kind of numb state, maybe. A numbness to the reality of the bigger story, his story. Jesus, I pray over these people this morning. I pray that there's a fresh revelation of body, mind, spirit, soul. Fresh revelation in our minds and in our hearts, Jesus. 
a deeper revelation of what you've done for us. Lord, I don't want to go through the motions. Lord, I want you to be as real as the sun in the sky to me. That I know you exist. I know you're living in me. I want to experience you more and more. And again, I feel Jesus say, do you want to have that experience? He's not going to beat down the door. Do you want that? You've got to say yes or no, it's up to you. I want to experience you, Jesus. I want more of you. I need more of you. Lord, as this world falls apart, I want more of you and more of your love so that I can bring your love to this broken world. Heal me in places, Lord God, that need to be healed. I'm going to pray over uh, if, there's, if there's any bondage or sin this morning that's hanging around, this is a blessing I give you as, um, as you lead this morning. I say, Lord, I pray a canopy of protection over our people this morning, a hedge of protection over them. And Lord, I pray that you send your angels to help battle against the enemy of those who are struggling. And I pray, Lord, that people accept the love that you have for them into their hearts and we cut off the enemy's schemes against them. And can I just say to you this morning, turn from your sin. Your sins are forgiven you in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. That place that you keep going to is old, stinky. He says, come to the river of life. Come, drink from the river of life this morning.